Welcome to the Risk and Repeat Podcast, episode number 131. I'm Rob Wright, Editorial Director of Search Security. This week, we're going to talk about a subject that has sparked a little debate uh, amongst the InfoSec community. And the question is, who's really to blame for bad passwords? Bad passwords, weak passwords, bad password practices, etc., etc. The reason we're talking about this question and this subject this week is because there was a, a not a Twitter feud, a Twitter standoff, a Twitter disagreement between two members of the InfoSec community. Wendy Nather, Director of Advisory CISOs at Duo Security and a longtime InfoSec veteran, and Troy Hunt, security expert in his own right and owner of the Have I Been Pwned service. Troy uh, started things off with a tweet Quote, if someone creates a weak password and then reuses it across multiple services, do they have any responsibility if one of their accounts is then compromised via credential stuffing? Wendy responded to this with her own tweet saying, can we stop blaming users for the fact that using fallible organic memory for primary credential storage was always a bad technical design? And the discussion went on from there. Hunt responded in a tweet saying, quote, are you saying that bad passwords are an inevitability and that we should give up on educating people? Or might it be that people actually have a role to play in their personal security, end quote. And Nader responded, quote, as technology designers, we give users a crappy design and are now shaming them for the results instead of fixing it. But it's okay, I'm sure that years of shaming harder and louder will solve it, end quote. Yes, a little snarky there, a little sarcastic, but this brings up a, an important issue. Uh, Hunt has advocated for a practice of, I guess, security shaming, for lack of a better term, for some time. And he has argued uh, over the last week about the need for users to bear part of the quote-unquote shared responsibility for bad passwords. And he wrote a blog post on his site that where he advocated for that, and he responded to the argument about victim shaming. He said, people have accused me from, for victim blaming and told me to stop. And he said, and, and I quote, he said, yes, I am, and no, I won't. So he's pretty firmly entrenched in that position. Neither, obviously, is entrenched in her position. So we wanted to discuss this and sort of debate it and dissect it. And I'm going to bring in senior reporter Michael Heller from Search Security here in just a second to discuss it. We're going to, as you'll hear, we're going to take opposite sides of the debate and try to figure out what's really going on when it comes to bad passwords and weak passwords and just bad password practices because they're all over the place. And what's really going to solve it? So let's bring in Mike and we'll discuss it. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining. Always good to be here. So in the matter of Nather versus Hunt, who do you who do you have? Who do you side with? What's your feeling on this? Uh, I guess broad strokes and then we'll get into the um, the particulars. I think, I mean, it's a bit of a cop out. I kind of agree with both, but I probably side a little bit more with Hunt on this one. Hmm. Um, he 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 tries to be very diplomatic when he's explaining his whole point. Um, and I mean, his main 
the main takeaway from what he said should be that being the victim and being deserving of blame are not mutually exclusive. Mm. So, and yes, passwords are not a great solution. And, you know, there is a lot to do in terms of education and all that. But at the same time, if you reuse passwords, if you, you know, don't use strong passwords, uh, at this point, you, you need to have passwords for everything in life. We've been, we've all been using, you know, Gmail and other online services for years and years and years where you have to have passwords. You have to have, you should have at least the basic understanding just from signing up for a web service that you need to have a, a strong password just when they have those recommendations. So the base, the base level of education is there, I think. So people just need to be better about not reusing passwords. That's fair. I think in this matter, I, I go the other way. I, like you said, I think it's not a cop-out to say that they both make good points. But I got to say, I think I side with neither on this. And uh, I think part of the reason I do that is because I think she makes a really good point about the technical design of, of everything that we've built around passwords not being, it's not good. It lends itself to exactly the type of bad password management etiquette reuse that we see that lead to these breaches. And while I think that Troy makes a good point about not calling, um, not terming these incidents as breaches, but as sort of, you know, uh, uh, password hacks that where the user does, you know, bear some responsibility. I think I, I feel like Nather's point about the, the design issues and the entire ecosystem that we've built for users being bad and that being sort of the, the primary issue, I, I agree with that. I can definitely see that. Uh, I mean, the, the whole ecosystem is poorly designed. And at least in the last couple of years, there has been a bigger and bigger push to move away from passwords. And we'll probably get to a place where passwords are unnecessary. I mean, I would hope within the next maybe five years. But unfortunately, it's one of those things where we just didn't start looking for the alternatives, didn't start building the alternatives soon enough. And so getting them to, to filter out so that there is a good way to get, you know, to get away from passwords, it's not quite there yet. So unfortunately, in the interim, I mean, you, you have to have good password security, whatever that actually, if that actually means anything. If I may sort of nitpick with, with, with Troy Hunt's argument, the, the thing that I feel is probably the, the thing I have the biggest issue with is I think he's overestimating how, I, I, I guess, how ubiqu ubiquitous education has become around sort of the importance of good passwords and good password practices. I think that you and I know this stuff. I think that technical people know this stuff. I think uh, that's probably 
you know, a, a safe bet. But I, I don't know that the majority of the public, I don't even know within our own organization how many people really understand what we would consider basics about password management and password reuse. Um, in fact, in talking with some folks, I get the sense that they don't know that. They don't know that you shouldn't reuse passwords. Or, or maybe they've heard it, but they don't really understand how important it is, and they definitely do it. And if that's the case, then I think that's, that's sort of a fundamental, I, I guess, weakness with, with Hunt's argument about where the blame should go. Yeah, no, I'm that 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 gets into the whole issue of the education around passwords. I think, I mean, while the the ecosystem around passwords is poorly designed, I think the education about password security is also has also been pretty poorly designed. I mean, it's great to to tell someone to use different passwords for different accounts the you know actually putting that into practice gets very difficult and you need to end up using a password manager or you know even a, a notebook which is not a great option but in some in some ways it, it actually does work out but i think we i think we just need to be more flexible in how we put forward these these ideas i mean yeah, we we know all the ins and outs of password security, but I'll fully admit that I don't follow them. I mean, I have very strong security on, on any major account that I have, and then all of these other one-off accounts that I may or may not ever use again. I, I probably I, I'll reuse the same password for some of those because if they get hacked, I don't really care, honestly. I'll, I'll put all the, the security possible on my, my Google account. No one's ever getting into my Google account, I hope. I mean, I, I think I have enough multi-factor on there that it's pretty unlikely that anybody could get in. But for, for some of these other things where you, you know you have to sign up to leave comments on our website or something like that. I mean, I'm not going to come up with a unique password for that. That just means that I'm never going to be able to go in there again because I'm never going to remember whatever it was. Yeah, and I, I guess that's the, the, the real issue I have with uh, Hunt's position on this is that I don't think that we are at the point where it's technically feasible for your average user to have an easy system, whether it's a, a password manager or whatever, to generate the number of unique passwords one needs today. I mean, I was looking through my, my own password lists. I couldn't believe how many things I, it, like you said, forms, comment systems, things like that. So not just your banking and your enterprise, you know, applications and things like that, things that you, that are really important, your Google account, your master emails, email accounts, um, 
but everything. And to generate a unique password for each of those uh, and then to keep track of them is, is just, it's insane. It's, it's, I think it's asking too much of the user, even if they are going to write it down in a notebook. Uh, so then it becomes a question of what is the alternative. And I, I think as Nader points out, yeah, I mean, you can go and you can use a, um, a password manager. What does that do for your, your, your mobile devices? What does that do for, I mean, you can't, it, that'll only go so far. Um, and we're not quite at the point yet where we can just sort of say, well, you have all the tools that you need and they're usable and they're scalable and they can, they can sort of substitute um, user-generated passwords and, and sort of remove that, that human error factor. I, I just don't think we're there yet. I think we're, we're about to turn the corner on that because Google has a password filler that will, uh, that will suggest passwords. Apple ha will now suggest unique passwords when you're signing up for something or changing a password when you and keeping it in their uh, their key store. I can't I can't remember what their password manager is called off the top of my head. Um, so just those two things alone and newer newer versions of iOS and Android will now let third party uh, password managers, you know, in put in passwords both in apps and in mobile browsers. So we're getting to the point where it is feasible to use a password manager and obviously the Apple and the Google options will be free. So theoretically that would be an easy solution for, for people. Um, obviously it all depends on if people actually use them or not because at least with those, then you're locked into the ecosystem. If you're going to use Apple's password manager, then you have to be using a Mac. You have to be using an iPhone. Google's is a little bit more flexible, but uh, I mean, it's where we're getting to the point where we can we can get away from user-generated passwords. But it's still it's still a work in progress. So I, I, I can see where, where neither is coming from and we're definitely not where we need to be, but I think we're closer than she might give credit for. I do wonder on your, on your point about getting people to use password managers. I wonder what that's going to be like for the average user. I, I tried describing this the other day to some people that aren't very technical and I, they had a really tough time understanding how they would actually use it. And I, I don't think they're alone. I think that probably a lot of people are gonna have a tough time understanding what it is and when, where you can use it, when you can use it. I think that some people, one of the questions that I, I got from a non-technical friend was, what do you do if you're traveling and you're on a different PC? I said, well, that's a good, it's a good question. I mean, I even just personally, I switched to a new password manager not too long ago. And just the, I mean, the tools are 
good about you know importing your saved passwords from Chrome or whatever, but the actual process of going through and changing your password for all these accounts that you already have set up, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, it, a password manager works the best if you're going in fresh and creating these accounts from, you know, at, after you have the password manager, then it's right there helping you out. But to actually go back in and change the passwords on all that, like you, you have to set aside a few hours to get that all done. And I'm just like neither is, uh, you know, on one side of this because of where she works, we have to mention that Troy Hunt is obviously uh, affected by the work that he does with, you know, have I been pwned and just seeing these lists and lists and lists of credentials that are leaked through these breaches. I mean, I know when I put my email into have I been pwned, it comes up with 20, I believe it was 20 different breaches that my email was a part of. I don't, I don't remember ever signing up for them. I don't know what some of them are. I don't know when the last time I even went to some of these websites were, but I mean, my email's been part of at least 20 different breaches. Whatever passwords were associated with those, they're probably out there at this point. Yeah, so. you're you're right about um, Hunt's perspective on that. That's worth mentioning. If I was doing what he did, and I had seen that many breaches and that many exposed email addresses and that many people being pwned, I I guess that would affect my thinking on this. I shouldn't. I should note. Um, I know I th I threw this out on our Slack channel uh, earlier this week, but there was a really good podcast. Um, uh, episode, I think it was last week, the Reply All podcast. They investigated a, a young woman who had um, had her Snapchat uh, uh, credentials stolen. Um, her account had been lifted by by someone in the OG handles uh, uh, hacker crowd, and I use hacker term lightly. Um, they investigated the, the matter and tried to figure out what had happened. And at first they were looking at things like, oh, maybe somebody got control of her phone through SIM swapping or something like that. And it turned out in the end, I, I, I'm, I'm spoiling the podcast, but it, it's definitely worth a lesson. It's really, really fascinating because they get, they get in touch with some of the threat actors, uh, threat actors, again, I use this loosely, um, that were were connected to the the, the theft of the, Snapchat account, but in the end they they find out that oh it was just it was a weak password. That's that's how the person who stole the account obtained it from her. There was no great mystery. So that that was pretty fascinating. Which brings me to, I guess the the next and potentially final point. Well, actually, second to last point: two-factor authentication. Um, it feels like that's the only thing that's really truly going to protect our accounts from bad passwords. But even that, now we know like you can't really rely on SMS-based 2FA anymore. So 
what happens now? How do we fix that? Yeah, that is another another troubling point where, I mean, so we already do have, again, we already do have the, the next step beyond SMS-based 2FA with, you know, things like Google Authenticator or, um, you know, the just the, the phone-based or the actual physical keys. Like, the, the options are there, but they're physical keys are probably not a great option for most people. Uh, nobody's going to carry around an actual key with them. And the actual technical impl or implementations of that can be a little bit tricky when you get to mobile devices because you can't there you, you can't always assume the same uh you know port connection so you have to rely on things like bluetooth or nfc and that gets more and more complicated i think options like uh google authenticator that generate a, a time-based one-time password are probably a good option, although maybe it's another stopgap. It's yeah, it's, it, it gets troubling again when you try to figure out where we go because it feels like every time we we come up with a new solution, there's some pretty big downsides. I mean, obviously SMS can't be trusted. Biometrics, everybody loved them for a little bit and then realized, oh wait, if your fingerprint is stolen, you can't change your fingerprint. So that kind of, again, becomes troubling. I mean, solutions like Google has where they create a trust score based on your behavior and location and things like that, that's a great option, except it's not really scalable because only a company like Google can do that. And actually getting, getting that in onto other accounts is going to be much more difficult. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I still tell everyone, every sort of, I, I say average with all the love in my heart, but average person I know. Uh, yes, 2FA using SMS, text messages, that's vulnerable, but it's your best option in a world of not great options. It's still good for the majority of people out there who don't have to worry about you know, a, a sophisticated, not that SIM swapping is very sophisticated, but it's harder to do, right? You're probably only going to go through that if you're targeting someone specifically. Um, so I tell people, in fact, I told the, the friend of mine who turned me on to the Reply All podcast, he said, he said, can you believe this? Does this mean I shouldn't use 2FA anymore? And I said, no, <laughs> no, it does not use it. Um, but yeah, it's a problem. It's another thing that we need to figure out how to fix and make it more usable for people and, and increase the adoption around. Um, which brings me to the last question. So where do enterprises, do you think, where do they fall in this responsibility pie when it comes to bad passwords? Because I feel like there's a lot of policies that are, are very common amongst enterprises that really are counterproductive. And that's probably putting it mildly. That is definitely true. Um, 
just one one quick thing on on SMS two FA before answering that question because uh, not to shout out another podcast, but the the new motherboard podcast talked about SIM hijacking and mentioned a solution that I never thought of, even though I'm actually using that, which is using a, a VoIP phone number, Google Voice or Skype or something like that, as your 2FA SMS uh, option, because yeah, you don't have to worry about SIM hijacking. I, it, it's a, a good solution. I never thought of it, even though I do use my Google Voice number for those sorts of things. Um, yeah, the Reply All guys had, um, well, one of them anyway, had suggested the same thing. Uh, I guess he had spoken with a cybersecurity expert who said that's a good sort of workaround. Yeah. And in terms of enterprises, I think I think enterprises probably need to. I mean, obviously, there's there's need for more education, but I think enterprises probably at this point just need to be more proactive. Um, I mean, there have been stories about different companies that just flat out pay for their their employees to use a password manager. Um, Google obviously gave all of its employees their new security key, the physical security key, the Titan um, key. And I think, I mean, just getting people to use those sorts of things is probably the bare minimum that enterprises could be doing. Obviously, they can get into to more advanced uh, options and more education, but just at a base level, it feels like if you, I mean, you need to secure your enterprise accounts and the company, companies probably should take a more proactive approach in giving their employees the tools that they need. Yeah. I, I think things like, I mean, SSO is great. I really believe that's probably done wonders for security and it's, it's probably, I don't know, we're probably underselling how important that has been. But at the same time, I think things like, I mean, we see it all the time. We see password policies that um, you know change your passwords every every month every 90 days every quarter and I think that just ultimately promotes the reuse of passwords the recycling of passwords and if you can't recycle it that I mean that's problematic too because then oh man you have to think up a really unique password for every you know month or whatever whatever time period and that's just that's more passwords that you have to create create and remember and track and and sort of document on top of the other accounts multiple accounts that you already have i mean that's that's a tall order for your average user that's a tall order for enterprise users i think um yeah and and that sort of goes to to me to sort of you know the 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 issues that Nather's talking about the design of, of, of the things that we've built that we think are helping um, that aren't really 
doing that and putting the user in a bad situation where they they can't really win. I mean, it in in those sorts of cases where you have to change your password on a on a set schedule. I mean, I know plenty of people where their password just becomes a sequence. You know, they start out with this is my password one, and then next month it's this is my password two, and on and on and on. I mean, obviously, if you have a a password manager, that can make it a little bit easier, but it's still these these sorts. That's why I say the way that we educate people about password security can be uh, misleading. I mean, there's beyond just having to change your password on a set schedule there's there's the the requirements where you have to have you know upper and lowercase letters and numbers and certain uh symbols you know all of that just makes it harder for people to remember what it is so you end up reusing passwords yeah uh, i don't know what the answer is but you know long term but but yeah, we have a long way to go with fixing the situation around bad passwords. Mike, thank you for joining me on this uh, discussion. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.